I have actually a number announcements. Let me start with the COVID situation. Actually, the numbers are getting much better. This past week, Pasco County, we're, the week before, our seven-day average was 160, I think it was 162. It was dropped down to 89. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping, yeah, let's keep praying, folks, that it continues to drop. I'm hoping that when we have our council meeting next Tuesday, we can discuss this and talk about doing services without masks, doing uh, a more traditional communion distribution. Um, I have tuple, I have a new members class that I want to uh, run, and I also have a uh, the class on uh, praying for healing and wholeness, healing and wholeness that I've been kicking down the road until our numbers got better. I'm hoping that I can do that, um, as well as uh, when there are children in the in in the congregation on Sunday morning that I can have children's sermons. So I'm hoping all this, I'm, I ask you to continue to remain diligent out there. If you haven't been vaccinated, please get vaccinated and that we can start experiencing a more normalized worship. Um, it's We worship regardless of how we come, we worship. But it'd be much nicer not to have to wear masks. It'd be wonderful to be able to pass a piece. I don't particularly like the theology of self-serve communion. I much think that it needs to be something that we come and we put our hands out like beggars because that's what we are when it comes to communion. Um, so, I mean, all sorts of reasons I'm looking forward. So I ask you to remain diligent out there that we can in here experience more of a sense of normal. Uh, now let me go through this list. Of, well, first, do we have any first time visitors here today? Raise your hand. Um, I got three here, Larry. Larry, ha four. We have a brochure that explains who we are what we do here and what we're hoping for in the future. So, and while Larry does that, um, our jams, our music jam is 2 p.m. on Sunday, that'll be today. And the next Friday dance is going to be October 15th, so that's not this Friday coming, but the following Friday. Um, Oktoberfest after service on Sunday the 24th. It's a covered dish, so bring a covered dish, whatever you'd like to bring. And we will be providing brats, and someone said there would be beer as well. Um, I don't know about the beer, folks, but we are still praying, and I would ask you to keep this in your regular uh, daily prayers that we have uh, people or people um, step up to take over the food pantry as Wayne and Linda, after years of dedicated service, have announced that they wish to retire so they can travel. So I wish them a great retirement from that and, and wonderful travels. Um, there'll be a rehearsal for the cantata in this, it's a Christmas cantata will be in the sanctuary on Saturday, October 16th. So that's here on Saturday, October 16th at 9.30. Um, quilters, you wanna make that announcement? Please make the announcement about the quilters. The quilters will be tying one on on Saturday at 10 o'clock. Um, we do get her done quilts, so I, that's why we got the tying one on. What we're doing is tying the quilts together. So the, the Monday quilters have got a lot of quilts that need tying, and lunch will be served also. So anybody who can tie a square knot is invited to come. And uh, I have a little choir announcement. We have new choir members, and the choir is working very hard on our 
Christmas cantata. So things are looking good. People are getting healed and everybody's doing great. So praise God for that. Amen. Thank you. I want to give a shout out to Al. Al, raise your hand. Let people know who you are. There he goes. Al. Al has been painting and cleaning. I have noticed a big difference in the, the year and a half that I've been here. A big difference, especially in that throughway where it's it doesn't look dingy anymore and it's kept clean. Thank you, Al, for all that you're doing. Uh, it's been a blessing to us. Um, now, I have some prayer concerns that might necessarily not necessarily be on our prayer list, but I want to bring them out. The first is Jack Morse has been uh, struggling with congestive heart failure and COPD, and he was in the hospital. I spoke to him on Wednesday. He was in Bayonet Point. He was anticipating coming home Friday, but he says, I'm definitely going to have to slow down and take it easy. So he's looking forward to being able to come back to worship, but he doesn't think he's going to be able to usher anymore. So keep uh, Jack in your prayers. Uh, Claire Lex has a couple of prayers that she has brought to me. One is her son-in-law, Phil Michaels. He's having surgery tomorrow. So keep Phil Michaels in your prayers. And a close friend of Care, uh, Claire's, Karen Huges, has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And you said there was, they were talking between two days and two weeks yet. So, I mean, this is, this is pretty serious. And then Richard Kozlowski's daughter, um, Christina Emery, she succumbed to cancer and joined the Church Eternal this week. So um, keep her family and Richard in your prayers. And since we've brought up all those prayer concerns, let us say a prayer right now. Dear Lord Jesus, we lift to you Phil, and Karen and Jack, that you have the presence with them, the healing with them, and you stay with them and keep them in your tender care through all that they're struggling with, especially as Karen is seeming to join you soon. And we lift up Christina into your care and keep Richard in your care as he mourns and let us all be always sensitive to these needs. We lift all these and all other things we pray to you, trusting in your goodness and mercy, and let the people say, Amen. And with that, I invite those who are able to stand, and let us begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose teaching is life, whose presence is sure, and whose love is endless. Let us confess our sins to the one who welcomes us with an open heart. God, our comforter, like lost sheep, we have gone astray. We gaze upon abundance and see scarcity. We turn our wastes away from injustice and oppression. We exploit the earth with our apathy and greed. Free us from our sin, gracious God. Listen that we call out to you for help. Lead us by your love to our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
But by the gift of grace in Christ Jesus, God makes you righteous. Receive with glad hearts the forgiveness of all your sins. Amen. the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Everlasting God, increase in us your gift forsaken what lies behind, and search we may follow the way of your commandments and receive the crown of everlasting joy. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading from Amos. Seek the Lord and live, or he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and will devour Bethel 
with no one to quench it. And you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. They hate the one who reproves in the gate and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain and have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall, live, shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take the bribe and push away the needy in the gate, Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such time, for it is an evil time. Think good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. The word of the Lord. Let us read responsibly from Psalm 90. So teach us to number our days. Return, O Lord, how long will you tarry? Be gracious to your servants. Satisfy us by your steadfast love in the morning. Make us glad as many days as you afflicted us. Show your servants your works. May the graciousness of the Lord our God be upon you, on us. Second reading from Hebrews. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow, it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must surrender our account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The word of the Lord. I ask those who are able to stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to the Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. 
He looked at him, he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing, go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples who were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them, again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier than a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, well then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is not impossible. For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, We've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children of their fields for my sake or for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Please be seated. So the man runs up and kneels before Jesus and asks, what must I do so that I may inherit? What must I do so that I can be assured that I will get. How much that is a problem in our world. Everything, we need to do something in order to get something. You need to work to be able to get a paycheck. You need to be faithful to maintain a marriage. You need to put your time in, pay your dues in order to enjoy the rewards at the end. That is the way we look at life. Jesus asks him, he says, well, you know what the commandments are. You know what you're supposed to do. You know, do not murder, do not tell lies, do not commit adultery. And the, the man says, yeah, I've done all of these. He said, well, fine. All you have to do now is sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And the man leaves rejected, for he had many possessions. Now the first thing I want to point out, if you're wealthy or even reasonably comfortable, it is much easier to follow all those rules as opposed to if you're hurting and poor and in want. Because when you are hungry, the rules go out the window. When that craving for at least a bit of substance becomes overwhelming and you have nothing to spend for food. It's a lot harder to keep the rules. So for those of us who are comfortable in our lives, 
And I, again, you've heard the statistics over and over again. If you have a warm bed to sleep in a roof over your head that doesn't leak or doesn't leak a whole lot, and you have food on the table, then you are wealthier than many people in this world. In fact, the latest statistics, if you live with more than $50,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of all the people. For all this talk about the one percenters, those who we think of as being millionaires and billionaires, put yourself into that position. I myself know it. I am very fortunate, and I have many possessions. And having moved a couple times and paring down profession, uh, possessions and getting rid of things, giving things away. I still have a full house of stuff, okay? And there's always more coming. Amazon stops at my door at least once a week dropping something off. And sometimes it's something to do, you know, as we're fixing the house and sometimes it's a, a garment to replace something that wore out, but we're not in danger. Well, I'm definitely not in danger of starving, obviously. <laughs> and many of us, most of us, are in that kind of position. And we hear this, sell everything you own and give the money to the poor, and then come follow me as a real challenge. And we choose often to ignore that because, let's face it, we don't have that much, really, do we? We don't have a yacht. I'm not driving a Bentley, come on, okay? We justify our relative comfort and wealth into, into the comparison of the extreme wealth that we have seen in front of us. So then Jesus looks around at his disciples and he says, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And there's this next, this line, this line that it can be viewed as the ultimate of hyperbole. It'll be easier to put a camel through the eye of a needle. Now, if you've ever seen a camel, you know how big a camel is. It's a huge beast of burden that travels through the, the desert. They can hold a lot of water. They, seven days, a camel can go without a drink, seven days, okay? And they were used as beasts of burden, particularly for those who were running uh, who were traders because they could put a lot of baggage on a camel, pile it real high with stuff. And you know, if you've ever, especially as you get older, those eyes and trying to thread the needle, well, I can't get my arms long enough to see the needle anymore. You hold it under the magnifying glass and you try to get the piece of, trying to get the piece of thread in. Well, you can't even imagine getting a camel through there. Well, there's, let me point out two idiosyncrasies in this. The first is the Greek word for camel and the Greek word for rope are very close. So some have uh, proffered that the really Jesus was saying rope. It is easier to put a rope through an eye of a needle. Now, I don't know how small the rope must be, but it makes the hyperbole a little bit more understood. And the other is that in the towns, in the, that time, in the cities, there were walls around the city. And you wanted to be on the other side of the wall at night. And they would close the gates in the evenings, but yet so they could 
accommodate those late travelers, there was a little doorway in the gate that was referred to as uh, the eye and the needle. Well, the doorway was just big enough that an adult could get through. But if you had a camel loaded with possessions, there was no way, unless that was an anemic, scrawny little camel, and you unloaded it, was that camel going to get through the eye of the needle? Okay? So take whichever one of those you prefer. Take the full camel and the little needle eye, which is totally impossible, or take the rope and trying to put it in a needle, which is still, well, maybe it's possible if you distort the needle and mash the rope down. Or think about the guy at the middle of the night coming in there, squeezing through, and then trying to drag his camel through this doorway that's barely big enough for a person. I don't care which one you use, because the misunderstanding here is the kingdom of God. How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier to put the camel through the eye of the needle than the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And the main confusion, we just talked about this in Bible study this morning, right? We talked about it this morning. The main confusion here is we have a tendency to think of the kingdom of God as heaven, as the, the, the time of salvation. After you die, your spirit, your essence gets to go to heaven and you live eternally. What do I do to inherit eternal life? You live eternally in this place of paradise. But Jesus' message about the kingdom of God is that we are to be striving through discipleship, through our faith, to bring the kingdom of God to this place, to this time, to this reality, to this life. That we can enjoy, that we can live in that kind of peace and tranquility now, not in some heaven light years away, but now that we can enjoy this kind of relationship, not just with God through Christ, but with one another, but with one another. And that means, folks, you gotta be ready to leave your camel on the other side of the gates. You gotta be ready to make those kind of sacrificial gifts. You gotta trust that God is gonna be there for you. Now, does that mean that you sell all that stuff that's in the attic? Yes, because you don't need it if it's in the attic. What's the adage my wife uses about clothes? If I haven't worn them for a year, out they go. I don't know about you, but I have a whole closet full of skinny clothes <laughs> that I'm gonna lose weight and get into. And I've gotten to that point a few times. And you know what? All those skinny clothes are out of style. I end up buying new skinny clothes. But invariably, I spend most of my time in the little bit of fat clothes that I own. So why don't I just get rid of all that stuff? That's the easy stuff. Many of us are resistant to looking at what we give and examining the basic minimum. 
God prescribes through the Bible the idea of tithe, but yet I would pay odds that many of us don't really tithe. And I, we work towards it, but we don't get there. And a tithe means that you're giving 10% of your income. Whatever's coming in, you give 10% out. And whether you give that to the church or you give that to the YMCA or you give that to, the, to the, an orphanage or you give it in a, a broad amount of ways, you're basically saying that this wealth doesn't have at least that much of a hold on me. 10%, very minimum. But the disciples are saying, we basically left everything, which is an entirely different perception because we can live on 90%, but can we live on nothing? And I don't think the answer is that you have to. I think the answer is that you have to determine that you can leave your camel outside and let the wealth and trust God that the wealth will be there when you get back. Okay? And I think that's the question that we have in our lives. Can we afford to leave our camel outside? Can we afford to commit to a path of giving where we are saying to our wealth, to our finances, to those things that we own that you don't own me, okay? Because salvation has already been given to each one of us. Salvation has already been granted, so it is our response to that is what we are doing. It is through our response to the graciousness of God. And I wanna close out with one illustration. Um, back in the days of the the covered wagon when they were traveling west, uh, the Oregon Trail, or when they were going to the gold fields of California, invariably many of the wagon trains would go and would right would go by what is now known as Fort Laramie, Wyoming. And right outside of Fort Laramie, Wyoming, was a place where the wagon trains would go by on the trail that was loaded with pianos, large chests of drawers, big dressers. Um, all sorts of garments and hard goods. What it was was these travelers traveling west had already been through so many river crossings, so many foothill crossings with their loads on their wagon. And they saw the Rockies up ahead and they realized that to get themselves, their lives to that next side, whether it was Oregon or California, they were gonna have to give up that big, heavy stuff that they've been dragging along. So there was this place, and I've seen pictures of it, and I've since looked for pictures, because I was gonna send for a library, but I couldn't find one, because apparently, when the word got out, the Savingers got there, and they kind of grabbed anything that had value, but there were pictures of these, in the middle of nowhere, in a kind of deserted area in the upper north, um, in, outside Fort Laramie, is this area where all these, what at one time were the family heirloom pieces had been left behind. When we realize that oftentimes our wealth, to stay with our camel, that camel loaded with wealth, we are putting our life at risk. We are putting our salvation, not our salvation, but our ability to live in the kingdom of God at risk we're willing to leave that stuff behind. If you remember when it came to giving, God gave 100% on the cross. 
So, can you leave your camel on the other side of the gates? Amen. Gentleness blow through the wilderness, calling. 
In Christ you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Ascended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Uniting God, you call forth different gifts in those who follow you. Encourage us to welcome the diverse benefits and blessings of the whole church in teaching, preaching, prophecy, healing, and more. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Nurturing God, you bring forth crops from the soil and bounty from the trees, increase the produce of the land, and bless all who toil in the fields and orchards. Provide for good working conditions and keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Empowering God, you offer compassion for those who are overlooked or forgotten. Open the hearts of the local, national, and world leaders to show such compassion and love for their neighbors. Love, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Sheltering God, in Jesus you traveled among us without a place to lay your head. Provide safe places to sleep and rest for those who have no place to live. Sustain ministries that offer food, clothing, and peace of mind. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Renewing God, you bring life out of death. Help us part with those things that are no longer beneficial to us and open our hearts to see where new life is budding in this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Healing God, we pray for all who are ill. Help them find appropriate care, especially Gail, Nancy, Helen, Sharon, Howard, Christine, Isabel, Antoinette, Sharon, Phil, Karen, Robert, Violet, Isaiah, Bob, Alex, Jean, Sydney, Diane, Linda, Phil, Jack, Ken, Karen, Raymond, Bob, Clay, Joy, Suzette. Bring healing and wholeness when the path forward seems bleak. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal God, we thank you for the lives of those who have died 
Make us confident in your promise of salvation and support us in our own journey of faith. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. At this time, I offer a time that you can lift up those situations and those peoples that you're praying for. You're welcome to do this aloud or silently. Lord, in your mercy, receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ will be with you always. Ladies and gentlemen, as we prepare to hear our special music, we would like, would like to invite you to sing along with us as we sing Majesty.
Give yourself a round of applause, folks. I just want to bring up one point that I missed. Um, I want you to think of those first ones, whether it was the first ones traveling there outside of Fort Laramie, Wyoming, or the first ones on each successive wagon train, who set the example for others, who gave permission to others say, it's time to jettison some of this extra possession that help to keep one another safe. And to think about all those who go before us, who set the example of sacrifice, that gives us permission then to sacrifice in turn. Um, and with that, let us pray our offering prayer as one voice. God of abundance, cause streams to break forth in the desert and manna to rain down from the heavens. Accept the gifts that you have first given us Unite them with the offering of our lives to nourish the world you love so dearly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. It is, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he also took the cup. He gave thanks, gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for remembrance of me. I got a big amen here, folks. Amen. amen. And now, let us be so bold as to pray the words as we've been taught by our Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now, at this time, let us take the communion elements together.
There's a long stand here. body and blood, you turn into the crumbs of our faith, into a feast of salvation. Send us forth into the world with shouts of joy, bearing witness to the abundance of your love in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And now, people of God, you are Christ's body, bringing new life to a suffering world. The Holy Trinity, one God, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. The living word dwells in you.